Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, we're back, we're black, we're brown. <laughs> I'm Tiffany. I'm Andy. And this is Brown, brown Am- Ambition. <laughs> Nailed it. Happy yes. Brown Ambition Wednesday, guys. Yeah, happy Brown Ambition Wednesday. So let's talk about the elephant in the room, or shall we say the two-step in the room? <laughs> Are you talking about This is America? Yeah, the only one. Donald we acknowledge is Glover. First of all, Donald Glover, I don't know if anyone listening has ever watched the show Community. Like, I never really had watched it. My husband liked it. But if you look at Donald Glover, his character on Community, it's like he put that character in a trash can and burned it. Like, blew it up. And he's like, I'm never going to be this person again. I'm doing things my way. And then he came out with, like, Atlanta and now all this music. And basically, he's owning the internet right now because his video for This Is America just dropped like the same weekend that he hosted SNL. Yeah. In what might have been one of the blackest episodes of SNL in a long time. I, you know, I, haven't, I haven't seen that, but I've seen the video. And I'm not going to lie. At first, I saw the Instagram clips of it, which if that's all you've seen, you have not seen it. And I was like, what's going on? Because I'm like, why is he dancing so weird? Like, I didn't get it. You know, I was like, oh, he's dancing. And then when I saw the whole video, I said, okay, there's a lot to unpack here. And then I started reading, you know, articles. Lovey has a great one. Okay, African, okay, player, I think, or okay, Africa has a great one. Everyone's um, got a thought piece. Yes. And it's like, but what I liked about it is that there are components that I missed. Like, is that Trayvon Martin's father that was shot in the beginning? Um, like the chaos going on in the background. Wait, was it? Um, there's mixed opinions about whether it was, but like, like, for example, the, how they handled the guns versus how they handled the bodies that passed away. They handled the guns so, so, um, uh, carefully. Yes. And the people that, that were, were killed were just kind of like looked over or dragged away. So there's just a lot to unpack. I wanted to take a minute and read some of the comments we got on Instagram because I asked our followers if they wanted, if they had any thoughts to share on the video. We got some really good, thoughtful comments. Let me read this one. This one's from Instagram user DebHack1991. She says, I think Childish Gambino is a representation of America and all of the things of distraction from what's going on behind him. Uh, Instagram user Man versus Cash says, 
Deb Hack, 1991, has it pretty right. As long as we keep focusing on the shucking and jiving that occurred throughout the entire video, we won't see mm -hmm. what has been happening for the last 30-plus years. All the slave re references, references to Michael Jackson, 80s, 90s cars, to Rodney King. Also, the fact that both guns were wrapped in a red mm -hmm. veil and protected while the victims were unceremoniously dragged off. It got me. Wow. Yes. Those are, I mean, those are great. I mean, I, I'm looking at them now. Honestly, I love when you guys um, kind of let your thoughts uh, be known via social. So if you didn't know, we, we have a, an Instagram uh, page. It is Brown Ambition Podcast. And if you ever want to leave any commentary, um, either on our Instagram page or just in general, use the hashtag Brown Ambition so we can find you and we'll read them in the beginning of the show every week. I'll be looking. Don't make a fool of yourself. Don't use the <laughs> hashtag Brown Ambition in vain. Yeah. So, so on Twitter and Instagram, those are our two mains right now. So Instagram, you could comment under one of our posts. And on Twitter, definitely tag us um, and use the hashtag Brown Ambition so we can find you. Some people send us news stories that they think would be good for a brown boost or a brown break. I love it. You can, uh, yeah. So if you use the hashtag brown ambition, every week I'll be looking for that on Twitter and on Instagram. So if you want to share a story or if you want to say, hey, I was really brown ambition this week because I got A's on my exams or I just got a, you know, a huge scholarship to go to college or I just paid off a credit card. Like those are the stories that we love. Please, please, please share. And of course, comment and, and, uh, just communicate because this feels like – I mean I can't tell you how many emails we get from people who were like, I feel like I have a friend. I feel like I have sisters, Mandy and Tiffany. Um, but we want to hear from you. You know, it's it's meant to be a conversation that includes you guys. So definitely look out for your comments on social. Yeah, exactly. Just don't Snapchat me because I don't do that anymore. Yeah, no, nobody does that anymore. <laughs> no, you know, oddly enough, like Snapchat is still like the number two uh, most popular downloaded app on Apple. So, I mean, someone's downloading it, these five-year-olds. Kardashians. <laughs> I know. Uh, so I was going to maybe save this for a brown booster break, but I think I'll just share. I got somebody fired and I feel mixed, mostly happy, but sad because you never want anybody, anyone to be fired, but... Do you? And I never, yeah, I mean, well, here's a. Once I tell you, you're going to be like, uh, she needs to go. I was talking to my CFO on Mondays. We have our team meetings. And um, my uh, sister's kids, they're uh, three and one. And um, uh, you can watch them at daycare at this like website called Watch Me Grow. So it's just basically cameras in every room. And so I was watching and it was nap time and I'm watching in my nephew's room. He's asleep, but there's like a young teacher. I want to say she's in her twenties and the kids, like, I remember these days cause I used to be that teacher in the classroom, like cleaning up while the kids are on their cot supposed to be sleeping, but they're not. So the kids are a little restless. Some of them are like taking off their shoes and this one is sitting up and this one's moving around. So she's a little rough with them. I noticed I'm like, uh, so I'm talking about CFO and I'm like, hold on girl. Something's happening in the classroom. She grabs one kid and kind of like, like, you know, like roughly puts him back on the cot. And I'm like, mm, that seems a little excessive and does it to another. And it was clear that she was kind of like whisper yelling at them. You know how you could see people's mannerisms. And he threw this, took this blank off this little girl, pulled it roughly because she wasn't laying down, threw it on top of her and gave her a little pop on the behind. And I said, oh, my goodness, did she just hit this little girl? It wasn't hard, <sighs> but still. Mm. I was like, uh, and what took the cake boy was like not laying down and she kind of pushed his head down and then pulled his ear. You know how like, you seen like the old little Italian lady like 
pulling your ear back and forth like, what are you doing? But I'm like, this is not your child and he's two and you're pulling his ear. I I was like, I ha- I quickly got off the phone. I called my sister and I told her and she was like, um, what? And she said, you know, she's a little aggressive with the kids. And I told them and they make nothing but excuses for her. But I've never seen her like do anything. It's always been just like, huh, you know, you pulled them a little too quickly or just, you know, like it. she's never seen anything like this before. So I called the, the center myself. So as I'm on the phone with her, we she we both watch and she did something that was slightly inappropriate. And then she rewinds the tape as I'm on the phone with her. And she's watching like, oh, my good. She's like, um, I'm going to call you right back. So I guess she must have jumped off the phone because then went over there because they're only down the street from each other. The two centers went down there and I guess they pulled her to the side and let her go. So, you know, you never want to get anybody fired, but uh, you can't beat on people's kids. You know, they knew she knew she was on camera, right? Yeah. I don't even know what she was thinking. Wow. That no one's probably watching. Yeah. And I think truth of the matter is, because I told my sister when she went to go pick up the kids, what happened? She's like, they just did like a general announcement, like such and such is not with us anymore. Her way of doing things were not aligned with the center. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think I don't honestly. I really think the majority of parents were not are just they just don't watch. But I watch, you know, like as I'm kind of chilling by the computer. If I'm like doing work, I'll just peek in. Because honestly, I'm not watching to peek in on the teachers. Quite honestly, I don't get to see my niece and my nephew as much as I p- possible. So I just watch for stalkerish reasons. Like, oh! <laughs> just to kind of see my niece and my nephew since I don't see them as often. But I was horrified. Like I said, she didn't, she didn't, you know, do anything to him. But I thought to myself, you know, if you'll do this to one kid, you'll do it to another, you know? Mm-hmm. And with as much as childcare costs, like as much as like daycare costs, I would be watching. And expect, like, you're not going to hit my kid when I'm paying, like, thousands of dollars. Yes. When I tell you, like, at one point, her daycare bill was, like, something like $2,100 a month for both of them. Can you, 21, I was just like, uh, and you're going to be inappropriate with my kid? I don't think so. Let us boost and break. Yes. If you don't mind. I have a boost this week. Okay. Did you say you do mind? No, no, I don't mind. Okay, because I wasn't going to care if you minded. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I got a boost real quick. I am just, I know I am late to the party. This is some granola, crunchy stuff, but you're vegan, so you can't talk. So I am late to the compost party, but I love, I freaking love composting. Like when you, yes, I am like a convert. I've been wanting to, I know in New York City they had, they were starting to do like some composting programs, I think in Brooklyn, of course. Um, But I never made my way to like all the composting programs near me where I lived in Queens or then in in Jersey where I was last year. You had to like collect your stuff and then bring it to the food market, which was, you know, you had, if you didn't, we didn't have a car. So we had to like carry a bag of food trash basically, you know, several blocks, if not take a subway to drop our food off. It was never convenient. But now that we moved to the Burbs, so my town just this past um, winter launched their food compost program. Mm -hmm. And for $20, you go to the town. And I think a lot of towns do this now. You go to the town, the nature center or whatever, and they give you a little food pail that you put on your countertop and you collect your food scraps during the week. And then I'm listening to myself say it. I know I sound so crunchy, but I don't care. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and then you collect your food scraps. Uh, so you put your food scraps in the little food pail on your countertop. 
but don't worry about it smelling. In fact, the reason I love it so much is because we used to always have a smelly trash can. No matter what you did, you put it under the sink, you put a lid on it, whatever. If you like, it would take us a while to fill the trash can. And you put, you make a salad, you put your scraps in there, and then two days later, your house is funky. Um, mm-hmm. So this way, the food pail it seals. It's like airtight, so the the fumes stay in the pail as long as it's closed. So you just put your scraps in there during the week, and then slowly you fill up one little pail, and then you close the bag, and you put it into a slightly larger um, pail that they also give you for that $20. And then when you're done, you just drop it off at the compost facility, like whenever. I don't know. We did it like once a week. And the the like I we create such little trash now. It's amazing. Mm. Our our recycling bin is packed. The compost bin is full. But the actual – we have one sad little trash bag in our trash can this week. And I just felt really good about myself. That's good. Look at you lowering your carbon foot, uh, finger – no. What is it? Carbon footprint. Fingerprint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was trying to be up on the, the hip food, the hip like lingo of like, you know, of the vegan. So when we were kids, we, we used to compost a little because my dad always kept the garden. So we would save our vegetable and fruit scraps and like throw it in this like pile in the backyard and he would use it to like, you know, fertilize the, the fruits and vegetables. Oh, I can't do that, man. I saw a possum troll in the streets last week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. Welcome not, to the birds. No, you have to keep that food pail in the house. Listen, I found a bunny rabbit in my I – th- I saw a beaver last week. The oh. amount of wildlife is a little overwhelming. A beaver, a bunny? A oh, baby yeah. beaver. A deer. Then you just get deer and fox too. Oh, I could use a fox. There's also coyotes roaming my county now. One coyote attacked a little girl <gasps> at a playground. Y'all think – I have never been more afraid than I am as a homeowner. Like I never, I never really feared – anything living in an apartment, New York City, wow. Jersey, Queens, wherever. My parents were always worried about me. I'm like, this is, I feel safe all the time. I could be out late, take the subway home. There'd still be people out and about. It is creepy as a mother in the suburbs. It is quiet. Everyone is inside. Yeah. You feel like no one could hear you scream. And if someone, if like a coyote <laughs> attacked me, what am I going to do about it? Like, I never- <laughs> There's no – it's so scary. Like I'm turning into a big baby. This brown oh. boost This brown boost is turning into a break for being <laughs> yeah. alone in a house by yourself, which I, an adult woman in her 30s, just can't do apparently. <laughs> oh, that's – yeah. I See, I've done both. I've lived in a city – well, not super city like you. I feel like Newark is not – it's city, but it's not like super city. And then – but I've mostly lived in the suburbs as a kid. So like I'm used to all the like – Oh, look, there's a deer and there's a, you know, I don't know, beaver and whatever. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what it is? My dad is a traditional African man. So he's like, go get, go get my pitchfork. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I can remember, we, I don't know what kind of animal it was, but it was like in our garage, like making thrashing about. And my dad was like, get my pitchfork. Get, I don't know what happened. I was like, Daddy, let's just call animal control. You are not like, are you crazy? You gonna <laughs> battle it out with whatever this thing is? No. He came back breathing heavy. I said, what happened? He was like, I got it into the corner and I had my pitchfork raised and then I looked at its beautiful brown eyes and it looked so sad and scared. So I opened the garage door and let it go. I was like, Daddy. Translation, it was too fast for me and it ran <laughs> yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mansplaining for <laughs> Oh, that is hilarious. But yeah, I'm going to, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to brown break and just a quick brown break. Cause I posted this on my IG stories. I'm brown breaking from my mentee reached out to me cause she had spent like a lot of money 
to learn how to grow a business from like, you know, everybody now is like a business uh, coach or consultant. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these, millenn- you know, there's a, most of them are like millennial s, which is no shame, shade to millennials, but like just young people, you know? And so she was attracted to this person because she's like, oh, they're young. I'm young. They're going to teach me how to grow a business. She spent a couple thousand dollars and she walked away feeling like I didn't really learn anything. And so I'm going to kind of brown break from, I gave her some tips next time about investing in herself that she should, there's nothing wrong with investing in yourself. You obviously should. Um, and so she never thought about it, you know, like, oh, did this person ever grow a business outside of like them selling me this business class? And they, if you really kind of looked into this person's um, uh, social media, whatever, that you don't see anything else other than my business is to tell you how to have a business. And so I was like, that's a red flag. And so I'm kind of brown breaking from that business model, which is the business of teaching you how to have a business, but not yes. having a business, not having a business myself. And I felt bad because I could tell she was like, because she doesn't have a whole bunch of money. So to spend $2,000 and, and it was $2,000, the gall, the unmitigated gall, the actual F. You know, but I told her, you know, we all learn these lessons, my mentee. We all learn these lessons and it's a hard lesson to learn. But knowing that when you're choosing experts to to listen to, to make sure that they've actually done the thing that they're teaching you, not just teaching you how to do the thing. I mean, I'm not trying to you know stop anybody's hustle, but you know, you know, it's just honestly, it's it's not very fair and it's not right. Someone's like, well, what about you? You taught about money before you had money. I'm like, no, no, no. When I was broke, all I taught was how to budget because I was the best broke budgeter. And that's literally what I taught. And then when I fixed my credit, I taught, how did I fix my credit? And then when I got out of debt, I taught, how did I get out of debt? I always taught from a place of, I did this thing. It actually works. And let me show you how, if you, you know, are looking for business advice, especially if you're going to pay for it to really, um, you know, to vet the person that you're paying to make sure that they, they really have an expertise in, um, in that topic that they have a business outside of teaching you how to have a business. Can I add one thing? Cause we got an email from a listener named Carly. Uh, it's not a question, but she just wanted to let us know about some scam. Essentially she, you know, these like group trips online, like retreats or girl tribes, you know, these, these group travel trips. We've talked about some of them before just to make sure you vet those too, because she got scammed out of money. She basically paid for a Costa Rica tri- retreat, that she paid for in full before departure. And then two days before they were supposed to leave, they canceled the trip. And the person who was running the trip said that she was scammed and all this messiness happened and they never received a refund. So just another example. That makes me so mad. Yes. So I I would say with those type of things, if you could pay via PayPal, because PayPal typically sides with the, with the um, buyer. Ah, that's, that's true. And you're like your credit card. Yep. Some credit so cards can, have good um, liability. Like if you have yep. a if you have a record of the transaction and you tell your credit card company that you didn't get what you were supposed to receive, you can file a fraud alert and they will investigate and maybe uh, refund you the money. If whenever I'm buying anything online, I really try to use my credit card. Or if I'm purchasing something, I use PayPal. Even if they're like, "Oh, can you pay this way?" I'm like, mm, "Can I do PayPal?" That way, if I don't get it, I can say, "Hey, PayPal, didn't get it," because PayPal will. While they're wait, they'll freeze. So that person will not be able to pull that and draw that money. They'll freeze it and they'll pull it right back. Mm-hmm. PayPal is one of the only like P to P like payment services that actually covers covers you for that kind of stuff. Which everyone's finding out now. If you use like Zelle or Venmo and you try and pay for a service or like a product from someone else and they turn out to be a scammer, you're not covered. Mm-hmm. So definitely make sure 
that's a good tip. So credit cards or use PayPal at mm-hmm. a minimum. Exactly. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Question time. Right. Do we get any questions? Because I know last time we were a little light. Did we ever? We got some good, we got a good couple of good questions this week. I might save a couple for next week. Um, again, if you guys have questions, hit us up at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. That'll send us an email directly, or you can go to our website. Yes, we have one, brownambitionpodcast.com, and hit ask us anything. First questions from listener NECA. She says, I love the podcast. I've been following Tiffany, the budget Nista, for over a year. And then I saw a video a while back where she said she has a podcast. And now I love Mandy. Oh, thank you, girl. Her question <laughs> is, NECA's question is, I have credit card debt of $20,000 and student loan debt of over $200,000, which is going, I'm going to start the snowball method by paying off the lowest balance on my credit card first. But I'm wondering, should I withdraw some money from my retirement fund for my old job to help pay down the debt? Or is that a no-no touching retirement money? I have six-figure income as a health professional, but with four young children and being the sole breadwinner, I am really feeling like I'm affluent poor. Trying to get out of an overwhelming situation and take some actionable steps. Please help. Mm. Affluent poor. It's crazy when you can be – I mean, first of all, if you want to find out how you can be six figures, earn six figures and still feel broke, have four kids, okay? Yes. Um, We feel – I mean, I don't feel you. I was one of four children, so I was part of the problem, but (laughs) – Plus, if you need to do everything right, she, she's a doctor. She's a healthcare professional. She probably got a medical degree. That's easily yep. a few hundred thousand dollars in debt. So this is not an outrageous amount of debt to have. But dipping into a retirement fund, Tiffany, what are your thoughts on that? So my knee-jerk reaction is almost always, don't do it, because one day your old lady self will need it. But there are some instances where it's like, if you're really drowning, drowning, and there's like no way out, sometimes that's a way out. Um, You know, have you looked into the forgiveness program before they totally take it away? Um, I don't know where you work, but oftentimes, you know, doctors, if you work at a specific type of hospital, that you might, you might qualify for the student loan forgiveness program, which would help tremendously. You know, or you might be someone where it makes sense to say, well, is there something I can do to qualify for the forgiveness program? Is there a job that I can get that would still pay me this basically the same amount of money? But because this is this hospital is a nonprofit hospital or run by a nonprofit, then I can I can qualify and and get this loan forgiven because that's a lot of money. And to me, it would be worth it to switch a job to qualify for the forgiveness program if I was going to make the same amount of money to get two hundred thousand forgiven. So consider that. Um, but um, you, 
what I don't want you to do is like knee jerk reaction say, well, let me take this money from this 401k because what if two years from now you are really in dire straits and then you don't have that a- access? Start the snowball method, automate it, and truck along. And and you know, I'm assuming you're going to get raises, you know, typically at you know at least the rate of inflation every year, and you can put those raises towards your debt and and slowly, slowly but surely work toward it without pulling from retirement. I think she's right to focus on the credit card debt first. She has about yep. $20,000 in credit card debt. I mean, if we're assuming it's about the typical average APR, that's that's, you know, 15, maybe 16% or higher that that credit card debt's accruing at and it $20,000 can quickly become even more. Like every month you're just taking a percentage of that debt and adding it to your debt balance. So, focusing on that is good first. What I would say, so let's say worst case scenario, she can't qualify for any loan forgiveness programs. You know, even if she did, it's not like a quick fix. Um, have you looked into refinancing? I'm assuming if you've gone to medical school, you probably have some private loan debt and some federal student loan debt. Yeah, Consider refinancing your debt with a lender. There's there's multiple <laughs> private lenders out there that will refinance your debt. You can, I'll, I'll put a list, I'll send you a list at Magnify Money. We've done a roundup. I don't want to refer you to any one particular lender because they all offer different um, rates and terms. It's really about choosing the lender that gives you the best rate, gives mm-hmm. you the best um, terms for a student loan refinance. But if you were to refinance, they would basically pay off your existing loans and then you would have one loan payment with them and you would have one new, hopefully lower interest rate, which can potentially give you more time to pay off your loan. It can make the payments more manageable so that you can throw as much as you can toward your credit card debt. And get that paid off first. The good thing is, you know, you make good money, but and also the good thing is you have four beautiful children, but the bad thing is your four beautiful children are expensive. So, but you won't always have this debt. And so you'll be able to feel the affluent part and not so much the poor part as you continue to pay off the debt. I hope your kids are really, really rich one day. Yes. (laughs) But that's not a good investment plan. Don't do that. It's not. not. (laughs) Okay, let's take one more quick question from listener Antonia. Antonia has a quick question. She wants to know, what's the difference between opening an IRA through your bank versus going with a robo-investment company like Betterment? Thanks. Love the show. Yes. Well, it's I've never opened a Betterment, but I'm assuming those robo-investing companies, don't you kind of fill out a profile and they pick for you? Exactly. Actually, this is a good question for me because Antonia, I have had the exact same question. I'm trying to start an investment account. I've been I've been saying I'm going to do it for a while just outside of my 401k so I can start investing for wealth on the side. And I'm wondering, should I go with Betterment or these other robo advisors like Acorns or um, Wealthfront? And basically what they do is you fill out a profile, they kind of determine what your risk Um, what your risk tolerance is and how aggressive you want to be as an investor. And then they kind of put you into different mutual funds. And it's, it's a smart way to invest because they're kind of taking the human error out of the equation. And if you're new at investing, it can be really good because you don't want to spend a lot of time picking and choosing investments. The important thing is you just want to start investing and they Mm -hmm. kind of just put you into some low cost mutual funds right away and then do the work for you. But because they're doing it via these algorithms, they charge a lot lower fees 
fees than you would get if you went to mm-hmm. like a traditional bank invest or a traditional investment firm and got, you know, a human investment manager to manage your stuff for you. So that's the pros of Betterment. Um, if you're someone who wants to, if you're, if you really want to learn more about investments and you want to, you want to actually pick and choose your individual mutual funds and have more of an active approach to that, then opening up an IRA through your bank may work for you only if, you know, you're willing to do that extra bit of work. So I'll say that, that what I do like about, like you said, the betterment, it's that that automation piece. And, and you just have to be mindful of fees. So the rule of thumb, right, is if you have like an in-person, real person that's managing, you really should not pay more than um, uh, 1% on the value of your, like you have to ask like, how are fees paid? And they're like, oh, we charge 1.5%, too high, no more than 1% for a real person and no more than half a percent for a like robo advisor. Um, These are people that you're not going to meet. This is just like an algorithm. So just keep that in mind as, you know, that half a percent is, is significant, you know, when it comes down to how much money you'll have in the end. So that's why a lot of people, especially millennials are really leaning toward the robo advising because it's the set it and forget it. And it's much cheaper. Yeah. I think the fees at Betterman, they're like less than half a percentage point, Um, which is good. Which is good. You can get lower fees than that if you put your own – if you go to Vanguard and you put together like your little mutual funds because most mutual most mutual funds like uh, I'm invested. For example, I kind of put together my own retirement, my 401k. What I did is I went to my old 401k target date fund that I had through Vanguard. Target date fund is basically – it's uh, put together based on your age, and it automatically adjusts your investments as you get older. And I've had I've liked my target date fund, but my new company that I recently joined doesn't offer the same target date fund. So I kind of had to put together the exact. They did offer the pieces that I had in my target date fund, though. So I kind of put together the same fund with my new employer. Um, and I think the total uh, expense ratio, which is the the annual cost of managing that fund is something like 0.17%. Which but, is great. Which is amazing, you know, and you can say that's less than half what Betterment's charging, but I had to go in there and I had to know a little bit to be able to do that. Um, and I think if you're a beginning investor, I would, I think that there's a lot to be said for these robo-advisors because they kind of, it's, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm all about like, okay, it's good to compare your options, you know, compare the robo to the IRA and the traditional and all that kind of stuff, but just start investing. Don't yes. let, don't get too caught up in it. I mean, you can't, I mean, I don't want to say you can't go wrong, but with a betterment, with, you know, opening up a target date fund at a regular investment firm, I mean, you're getting in there, you're not paying a lot of fees, you know that up front, they're investing you in some really diverse portfolios. So you're already ahead of the game in a way. You don't, mm-hmm. It's better than sitting there and twiddling your thumbs and like anguishing over, I don't understand every little bit of this yet. Just get started. That's what's important. Wins this week. My win is super easy. My um, Superman is signed up for a lead removal class. We could finally make some movement on the house. We got the water turned on after they told us they couldn't find the spigot. And, um, yeah, finally some movement on the house. So and I'm looking for a contractor. I put like an, a call out. So in the next, before the end of this month, work will have begun on the house. So I'm excited. Oh, okay. It's all happening. Yes. It's what not about you? Oh, I wish I had a fun house update. Um, I don't, I don't have a fun house update. I actually listened to Tiffany's interview on the friend zone 
And I think, Tiffany, you might have saved me from making – well, I don't know yet. You know, we're, we want to do this big renovation, and I've kind of had it in my mind. We're going to do okay. everything right away. And it's looking increasingly like we will not be able to pay for cash. Basically, I held aside cash to put toward the renovation, and it may not be enough because we have to deal with this HVAC stuff and whatever, like blah, blah, blah. And um, all the – you know, we're talking to vendors, and they have like financing plans, and we can take out a home improvement loan. And all these things are – these options are sort of be throwing, sort of been, you know, thrown at me. And now I'm – but I had to like stop myself listening to your podcast – listening to that episode you did on the friend zone where you were talking about here's, here's Shelly who, you know, gets a new house and then finances all her furniture. And then here's – like Mandy, who waits a mm. year, saves up, <laughs> moves in with a sister, like saves up, buys some Craigslist furniture in the meantime, and then saves up to buy her furniture cash. And here's what their financial picture looks like. And I was like, I don't want to be Shelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's and so it's tempting. Hard. It is to finance your life away from the things that you want. But like, like even us, of course, we want to do every little thing, but we're taking our time because we're like, Okay, we could spend eight thousand dollars on lead removal, or Superman could take a three hundred dollar class, and him and his cousins can take a week to do the lead removal themselves. Since for the city of city where we work of Newark, you know he does like maintenance and and super stuff. I don't know, like fixy stuff, you know. So I'm like, well, this is just an extension, like almost like you now he's certified to do lead removal, which is something that you know we we can actually probably write off for his job. So taking your time and and, you know, not kind of uh, over financing yourself in the end, you get the house and and the income and the money. Um, so, yeah, everybody goes crazy when it comes to renovations. I mean, you watch HGTV, everybody goes over. Budget. And it makes you feel like you need to have everything done right away. And it's nice, right? Like, I'm just like, God, I wish we had just been an on an episode of Property Brothers, I could have yes. had this done in six to eight weeks. Yeah. The Jonathan yes. never, the twins never fail. Uh, unfortunately, they're not filming in my, my, my county, my, my state right now. So I couldn't do that. Um, so we're doing it all, you know, the, the old fashioned way. And these vendors, though, they make you feel like you got to make decisions now. They're like, oh, it's the summertime. And you know, all these other people are lining up. So you need and I just feel like, okay, I'm feeling uncomfortable. I feel like I'm being pressured. And my spidey sense is going up. And all this has been happening. And then I heard you on the podcast. And I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna have to press pause a little bit. And just take a step back and I'm not to talk to my husband and just say, I don't think we want to put ourselves in this situation, at least not right now, and stop believing that there are these like artificial timelines and artificial uh-huh. deadlines because there's not. Like we are not – we're not real estate investors. We're not flipping yep. this house in a year. We're going to yep. live here for a decade or more. So we can – we should take our time. Yeah. And I made a plan – I made a meeting with our financial planner on Friday and I'm going to get her advice and opinions on what we could potentially afford, like what we could afford to do now that would leave us comfortable where we wouldn't be feeling like we're too over leveraged and over financed because I am not – like I'm – we're just like – we're doing too well to struggle. I don't want to be – like I don't want to be exactly. house poor so quickly. That's my – that's what I – that's the last thing I want. Okay, see, look, that's good. Thanks, Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. And I spoke to it like randomly, not that I necessarily believe in psychics, but this like psychic lady reached out to me asking me for some financial advice. And she was like, huh, I feel a baby presence near you. I was like, girl, I'll take it. it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I said, you know what? 
I don't know that I believe in all that, but I'll take it. <laughs> so, Wait, were you watching that uh, live feed of your nephew's daycare at the same time? I know. I know, right? So she was like, huh, it's a girl. I was like, okay, <gasps> girl. <laughs> I know. So, no, I mean, well, I don't, I mean, I mean, because they say women do not say that they're not pregnant. I mean, I don't know that, but. You know, but they just say you should never deny it. So I'm just like, for those women who want to get pregnant, I don't know if that's just an old wives' tale. Um, no, but good vibes, positive thinking, yes. Exactly. So, but when she said it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to, and all the baby vibes and and dust and juju and whatever you guys have said it to me, continue to say it. I will take every, I'll take the Jewish vibe, I'll take Christian vibe, I'll take Muslim vibe, whatever <laughs> you can say. I'm not picky. I'll take them all. So when she said it, I said, okay, girl, I'll take it. And this is how you fix your credit. <laughs> so, yeah. So hopefully good news soon. Okay. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yes. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs>